Hey mamas, we wanted to let you know that as we begin season two, we had some audio issues with our first episode. So there are some disturbances here and there. Um, and we did have to cut uh, the episode quite a bit here and there. So it might sound a little choppy at times. We tried our best. Um, we are not technological professionals and we are working hard to try to bring a better listening experience to you. So we appreciate your patience and we hope you enjoy this episode. Remember when we used to do podcasts? Oh, yeah! Let's do that again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Inner Momologue Podcast with two moms, Rachel and Lacey. Each episode, we talk about the inner conversations that moms have with themselves and we reframe them with empathy, humor, and empowerment. Please be advised we do use adult language in this podcast, so make sure you earmuff those little ones. Or fucking listen to it without them, because you know it'll be better that way anyway. Hey everyone, we're back! And we know you were worried about us. (laughs) Real worried. On the edge of your seat, almost filed missing persons reports... Like, what's wrong? Like, where are these two broads that yeah. make me giggle? <laughs> but we're ready. We're starting a new season. Start a new season. Start with some more thoughts. And uh, we have some fresh energy. Is that what we're calling this? Fresh energy? <laughs> no. No, I guess I don't know what to call it. Um, yeah, no, no, I like it. Using, it's, a nice, it's a nice spin. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have some fresh energy for the podcast. I don't feel like I have fresh energy for anything else. Yeah, but yeah. I did. I missed. I missed sitting with you. I missed recording with you. I missed being able to talk about these things that bog us down as moms. And I'm just glad to be back. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Awesome. So we put it out there to the listeners. What? topic we were going to start back up with mm-hmm. and it definitely seems like one of the top votes was the masses have spoken the, mass, <laughs> the masses of about five to six people have spoken and sensory overwhelm and overstimulation yes. have, have been kind of a big topic for people so we're going to talk about both of those and there are some differences there but we're going to start talking with talking about how we have felt overstimulated or experienced sensory overwhelm before we dive in. Yeah, I would definitely say that I am in the overstimulated Mm -hmm. slash overwhelmed portion of my life Mm -hmm. Um, with, and and I really thought that it was going to ease with going back to school, but the fact of the matter is it's just another layer, right? Yes, right. (laughs) Like instead of like, finding things for them to do during the summer. Now it's homework and pick them up at this certain time and drop them off at this certain time and make sure that all these things are done. And uh, do they have their clothes? Do they have their homework? Do they have their books? Do they have their shoes? Do they have... Help them with their diorama. I fucking... I loved dioramas, though, as a kid. That was like, whenever we got assigned to do a diorama, it was just... That will not be me. That will be my husband, 100%. Or... Or Auntie Rachel. Fine. Cool, cool, Sure. Cool. Call me up. I yeah. will help her with that diorama. I can't. I can't. I'm at it. I can't with homework. I yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I don't like homework either, but because I feel I like... I also can't just explain math. Well, math is done very differently than when we were growing up. Common core math is extremely difficult, I think. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it either. So, in addition to... All of the other things that I have to do on a daily, which include cooking, cleaning, laundry, work. Mm -hmm. Now I have this added layer of things and I just, I'm so bogged down. I'm so stressed. I'm so overstimulated, overwhelmed. I just, I want to escape. Mm. I want to escape. And even my escapes are not super chill yeah you know social media mm-hmm. not real estate nope 
No, if anything, that's just another added layer of all, of overstimulation and constant reminders of how the world is not doing okay. <laughs> I mean, really. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The world's fine. Everything's right? fine. Everything's fine. Ugh. Yeah, I um. So for me, the sensory overwhelm I get having two kids that are both I would describe as extroverts. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're fucked because me, my husband, and both of my children are extroverts. And it's weird because I'm used to being, like, one of the more extroverts of social groups that I'm in. But I'm probably the least extroverted in my own family. I can see that. I feel like I can't get a word in edgewise. Like, I can't ever finish a thought. Like, I'm always the one that's listening. It's either my kids or my husband wanting to talk about work and I'm just like what what okay um my husband thinks it's hilarious and I should probably one of these mornings I will try to record it and put it on our Facebook page um my daughter likes to say mom a million times before she has figured out what she needs or even wants to say oh I hate that yes so mom yes honey Mom, yeah, honey, mom, yes, honey, I'm here. So, mom, uh-huh, <laughs> she'll go, um, can I have a banana? <laughs> it, is, it is, it is, Stewie. Yeah. Mom, mommy, 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 mama, mama. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Think, like, you don't have to talk to me. <laughs> Like, we could be in a room, and you don't have to talk to me. Like, it's fine. We're fine. And my kids are at the age where they understand, but it's still frustrating, where they don't understand that they cannot talk at the same time. (laughs) Like, that if they are both having requests of me at the same time, like, I can't compute. So, like, if one of them, oh, this is every day on the way to school and on the way home from school. One starts talking. So, Mom, let me tell you about my day. And then all of a sudden my son will be like, Hey, Mama, uh, let me tell you about this the funny thing that happened at school. But they're both talking at the same time. See, at that point, I would just, and I do this a lot, and mm-hmm. shame on me or not, whatever, you make your own judgment. I don't listen. <laughs> I, I, it, it, like, full, like, my husband cannot block out the noise, right? Yeah. But I spent a lot of time with my very talkative daughter, and I can block it out. I just don't listen. And then I make the obligatory, uh-huh. So here's the thing. Your kids are too smart for that. It does not work with my son. It was so funny. On the way home today, I was ca- I, my husband was texting, hey, I'm at the grocery store. Do you need anything? And I'm trying to think, do I need anything? And... My son is talking and talking, and I feel, and he was talking about something so sweet. Like, he really, he's trying to, like, at school, him and this other girl are, like, knitting. They, they know how to knit now, and they're knitting. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I really shouldn't laugh because it's really sweet. They're knitting scarves for dogs to sell so that the money that they raise, they can buy scarves and jackets for homeless people just make the scarf a little bit longer <laughs> well because he tells me he's like but we can buy like nicer scarves for homeless people but if we make the scarves for the dogs we can like make the money uh. i'm like oh okay so he's like, telling me about the scarves they're making for dogs and he was talking and talking and then i was like uh-huh and i got that text from my husband and i'm texting him back and he goes you didn't hear a word of what i just said <laughs> hear a word of what I just said and I was uh, like oh crap and I'm like yeah no I did the homeless shelter and he's like Ugh. and then he still he tells me like over again but he knows and and I feel bad like when I'm when I'm like that so then I go so so then my my thing that I do is I say it's really important for me to hear what you have to say I can't hear it right now and understand it because I've got this going on or I've got to send this text back to dad or I've got to call this person, but it's really important. So I always try to like remind them, like, it's really important. I just can't hear it right now, you know? Yeah. 
I don't I don't know if I'm really good at that. I would say that I'm the more of like I do I, I give her the finger a lot. Like, hold on, hold on. Right. Because I'm on the phone or I'm texting at a red light. So don't text and drive. Or I talk to text. I do yeah. I talk to text constantly. Right. Um but I, I always give her the finger. And you know what she said to not not the finger. <laughs> The hold on finger, the pointer finger, not the middle yeah, finger. The Let's middle finger differentiate totally different, <laughs> and she's definitely gotten that, but behind her back for sure. Um, they're just so smart. They really are, and they're and they really want where they really really want and need our attention. I know, and it's so hard because we have so many things mm-hmm. that need our attention. Yeah, right. Absolutely. As adults. Like, forget, forget the parenting part. Right. Like, let's just pretend we weren't parents. Right. The adult part requires so much attention. Yep. Now add in that the parents part. Yes. And it's like, how the fuck (laughs) do we even, like, get all of this, like, any, any, any quality attention? right? Right. And how do we... Fix the feeling of like there's yeah. twelve people. That like need, I can't do. I can't. There's yeah. twelve people and nineteen things that need my attention right right now. Right. How do we cope? Well, it? well mm. that's what that's what this whole episode's about. <laughs> Is it though? One of <laughs> so before we getting into talking and in, into talking about sensory overwhelm and overstimulation, like one of the things that I've been working on is um, quieting the sense of urgency because it's not most of the time. There's some things that are urgent, but most of the time it's not urgent. But what? I get a text or I get a contact from a client and I feel like I need to immediately respond, right? Or I think of some things that I need to do and I think I need to do them right away, right? So that really, that sense of urgency, I think really messes up our mindset because it's very difficult for us to prioritize stuff in the moment when we have all these thoughts coming in of, well, this needs to be done and this needs to be done and that needs to be done. So then we feel that sense of urgency. So I've, I've, I've really been working on, on letting, my mantra has been for the last couple months, it does not, to be done, it does not need to be done right now. It does not need to be done right now. Like, I, just because I think about it does not mean it needs to be done right now. Now that you say that, I feel like I have been working toward that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, because you're right. I don't need to answer that text right now. Yes. I don't need to answer this email right now. If it's in an hour from now, that's cool. But I think when you're overwhelmed, the narrative becomes, if I don't do it right now, I'll it, forget. Well, and that's I will why never I remember read it. again. That's why I leave it unread. Yeah. It, oh, that's I, a good idea. I leave because then it'll still be bolded, so you'll know that you have to come back to it. Yes. That's a good I, idea. I keep emails marked as unread mm-hmm. that I have to like that I have to do something with. Yeah. Because there are emails that you just read, right? Right. That has that takes no action. Right. And then there are emails or text messages that require action, mm-hmm. and so I don't touch them until the, and that reminds me that I have to do it right because when I see that notification I'm like what the fuck is that oh that's this thing I used to work with this guy when I worked in a treatment facility for adolescents and I he was very very stoic always very put together he always had this sense of like calmness and like organization to him and what I loved about him is if you had a conversation with him, like over something that needed to be done or a concern that you had, he would go, hmm. And then he'd reach in his back pocket and he'd pull out this tiny little spiral notebook and he would write it down as you spoke to him. So number one, it made you feel like every time you talked to him, it was important because he wrote it down. But what I firmly believe is this guy was in his early 40s and had three kids. 
and I and I know that he was like, if I don't write this down, this will never ever be re like returned to. I tell right? I tell people on the phone while I'm on the phone with them, text it to me because I will not remember this mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. I tell them I I say I that, that constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I appreciate I heard what you said, but now text me because yes. I will not remember it. Absolutely. No, that's I think that's I think that's true. We need to just. Oh my God! Can we bring Palm Pilots back? Oh my God! With the stylus, you know I what? loved the Palm Pilot. Well, I keep so many notes on my phone. I yeah, can't... I just don't know what it is for me. Like typing is not the same as writing. My calendar is my life. If it's not there, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and if you did not text it to me, it did not happen. Yeah. <laughs> Be- yeah. Because the only way I remember what happen is go by going through the text right we should do a poll we'll do a poll tomorrow or we figure out how to do that well maybe we can do it in a story if anybody knows how to do a poll (laughs) on a facebook page not like a personal page but like an actual like business page or whatever let us know because Lacey and i are both over the age of 35 and apparently that's like when you just don't understand stuff anymore technology i googled and googled and went through every video and still yeah it, it wasn't there i would just love to do a poll on whether or not people prefer digital like organization of information with like, like to-do by lists, age, or if though. they would rather write it out oh and by age like how old are you and do you prefer digital or writing it down yeah yeah well, we could just ask that question. Okay. Sorry. All right, let's dive in. Yes. Don't apologize. <laughs> None of that shit. Um, difference between sensory overwhelm and overstimulation. Okay. So sensory overwhelm is when there's too much sensory input. So a good example of this is when my two kids are both asking for something at the same time. Mom, I need a water. Mom, come upstairs and see this thing that my baby doll is doing. Like... At the same time, both with a sense of urgency. While and like, you're can't. texting and looking at Facebook and or on the phone. Right. And, and doing dishes. Lots of people in your house that love to talk to you <laughs> at all loves times. to talk to me. So too much, and that's too much any sensory input. So not, and we'll get into like all the different types, but like um, that's not just auditory. It can be tactile, being touched out. I know, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Overstimulation is when it's not necessarily always sensory. It can be stimulation of the internal thoughts and obsessions, ruminations that we have. It can be the things, the information that's coming in that isn't necessarily like through a sensory. I guess it is through a sensory means if you're reading or seeing something on social media. But it's when your brain is filled with so much information and so much um pressure or expectations that you just become completely overwhelmed and maybe even shut down as a response. Mm-hmm. So so it's a little bit different. There, there's lots of similarities between the two, but we wanted to make the distinction in this episode because I think that the responses between sensory overwhelm um, and overstimulation are sensory overwhelm. There's lots of things you can do in the moment. Overstimulation is almost this thing that kind of goes for long periods of time. I think we've all been feeling overstimulated since the beginning of this pandemic. Yeah. I think um, it's something that you have to set boundaries on. Yes. And it has to be more of like longer term changes mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about sensory overwhelm and the different ways that moms feel sensory overwhelm. So I kind of made a list here, but I'd love to hear you add some, Lacey. So, whew, crying. Whining. The whining. Two children wanting something at the same time. Or more more than two. <laughs> whining. God bless you yeah. all. Um, constant movement of children. You know, like not them not being able to sit down and like stay still. Um, that can be overstimulating to us. Kids throwing things or um, screaming. Toddlers are even, I mean, maybe even a little bit older. For all emotions, screaming... Yes. Yep. Um, being touched out, so constantly being, um, like you know, stroked or wanting to be hugged or cling to your legs, just, or or even when you're breastfeeding, you can feel touched out. I remember when my daughter was little, and like 
the dog and the cat and the kid <laughs> and the husband mm-hmm. all wanted to be touching me at the same time. Oh, and I was boy. like, literally, I want you. <laughs> please. And please I just like, like, I just, I don't want, I love you mm-hmm. so much, but I will kill you if you don't stop touching me. <laughs> Absolutely. We can have this visceral visceral reaction to being touched out and and it's and i and my love language is d all of the above when i took the test i was all the Mm -hmm. love languages right i love love (laughs) um but at that point in my life i could not handle it i could not handle the touch i don't want you to it, it like in 20 minutes from now it'll be fine but right now i just can't yes and like you have to be able to say that. But I remember feeling guilty for saying yeah. that. Right. Because moms don't do that. Mm-hmm. They don't say those things. They just accept all and take all and are all for everyone right. at all times. Right. And, and I, if, think that, I think that we often interpret boundaries especially when it comes to physical touch as well they're gonna we're gonna make our kids feel rejected or we're gonna make our partner feel rejected and that's not really what it is right rejection is saying I don't want you right we're not saying I don't want you we're just saying I don't feel like this right now Mm -hmm. you know like right now my body needs this right so really all boundaries are is like Boundaries can be loving. Boundaries can be like can be set lovingly, and that just means like I love you and I want our touch when we do engage in touch to be very genuine and wanted and accepted. And here's the thing: like we'd never think like with our kids if if we try like I know there's been times where I've tried to comfort my kids when they're overwhelmed or tantruming or whatever, and they don't want me to touch them. And that's okay. And that's okay. I don't get, I don't, I don't internalize a sense of rejection for it. I'm like, okay, you don't need that right now. Right. Oh, they hate me. They don't love me. Like, that's just not what they need right now. So I think we need to remember that. Like, boundaries are not rejection. They're, they can be set lovingly and they're just meant to say, just not right now. I need some time. I need some space. But that's something that we as moms need to do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I will say that I am not great Mm -mm. at this. I am not great at being kind to myself. I have friends that tell me, me included, um, <laughs> all the time that say, what would you say to me? Yeah. I can't say what I would say to you to me. And mm-hmm. I don't think I'm alone in that. Yeah. And while I would tell you, if you're feeling overloaded, then it's fine for you to tell yeah. your kids not to be on your ass all the time. But I couldn't say, hey, Lace, it's fine. You don't need, yeah. they don't need to be touching you all the time. <gasps> that, that doesn't sit with me. And I think that, yeah. personally, and, I, and I'm sure there are other people that share this. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, that would say that they don't, they don't allow themselves that grace. Yes, right, for sure. Absolutely, because we hold ourselves up to higher expectations than anybody else. Yes. As if we are, as if we have to work extra hard just to be enough. Yeah. It's just not, that's just not the case. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at yourself from the outside looking in, like if you didn't know you, Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. If you didn't know you and you looked at your life, Mm -hmm. what would you think? Would you think that that person wasn't trying hard enough? Right. No. I mean, if you were a friend of of yourself, like, you would probably not have any of those internal judgments, like, about who you are. Right. We have to be okay with being flawed human beings. And we have to be okay with having needs. We have to be okay with having boundaries. Which is really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard because we're not socialized as women to have them. No. Right? We're you have no needs. You do right. what... Uh, Can you re- read that? Yeah. Okay. So we're not trying to be critical and judgmental No people's so, work. I bought, but I bought this book thinking it was going to be adorable. Mm-hmm. It was a fierce... So it's called Fierce Love, 
it's a mama bear thing. And I definitely um, identify as a mama bear, mm-hmm. right? But everything in this book is, oh my God, mama bear motto. I'll hibernate when I'm dead. <laughs> as if there's like no ability to rest until you're dead. Until you're dead. Yeah. You must do for everyone. Right. And 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 make sure everyone is fine until you're dead. Oh, that's gosh. when you that's when you get to rest. Where's the one that was like was do like, this oh, and that and repeat? Hold on. It was in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, this was the one that kind of bothered me the most. Yeah. It, read this one. <clears throat> Mama Bear to-do list. Make sure everyone is taken care of. Double check. Repeat. Like, where's the part about taking care of yourself? Like, and why does everyone have to be taken care of all the time by you? Right. What about your partner? What What about about themselves? What about grandpa? Yeah. What about them taking care of themselves? Like, or what are we, what are we trying to make? Yes. What is like hustle culture that is like Rachel Hollis shit that's like, just do it. Just be it. Just Go for it. And if you're unhappy, it's your fault. Like, yeah. why don't ugh. you love being busy 94 million percent of the time? Yeah. Right. Mm-mm. Well, I'm so tired. Yeah. And, and, I'm, that, and I'm old. <laughs> I'm old and I'm getting tired. And, and this is a lot. It's a lot. And and I've never parented through a pandemic before. Like, yeah. How about I've never parented before? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Think about newborn stage. Think about every fucking stage is a new yes fucking new experience. New, new experience. everything. New set of challenges for sure. Yeah. I had someone tell me the other day. They overheard my phone call with someone else, and a stranger said, "You know, you're doing it right. You're setting the foundation for your daughter." And I was like, "Thanks." She's like, "But you just wait until they're twelve." Oh God, I hate the just wait until. But it wasn't. It it wasn't. I know what you're saying. Okay. I get that. It wasn't like that. Oh, okay. It was just more like when they get to that point, it will be a whole new thing, and you're setting the foundation for oh, that for shit those, show. For those, yeah, right, 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 right. So you're trying to help prepare them for the long term. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 So yes, I do know what you mean. Like just wait until they're fucking little. Yeah. My mom always, my mom always goes. You think it's hard now? Just wait until you hand them, hand them the car keys. I'm like, okay, mom. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even let her go in the front yard. All right. She ain't getting car keys. Don't worry about it. I had a client tell me today. Well, th- this house is too far. They can't ride their bike to school. I was like thinking to myself, my kid will never ride their fucking bike to school because they will never leave my sight. Because <laughs> my- so yes, listen, you can do a lot, mm-hmm. right? Like we are we are wired to do plenty as yes. humans, as adults, as parents, we're wired to do more. But that does not mean we have to do all no at all times. No. Well, and that and that speaks to when it comes to overstimulation, kind of getting into um what our answers, what our suggestions, what our responses to these things are, both sensory overwhelm and overstimulation. When it comes to overstimulation, it really means we have to adjust expectations. If we are overstimulated, it's a red flag that we are doing too much, we have reached our limit, and now it's time for an adjustment, Mm -hmm. right? And what that means is sometimes sacrificing parts of our pride that we've held on to that I've always been able to do it all. Right. Like I've always wanted to do it all. Or I wanted to be this type of mom. Or I want to be the mom that did a million things. Or I want to make, I want to be the mom that has the, the clean house all the time. Sometimes it means we have to let go of that for a little bit. It doesn't mean we'll have to let go of it forever, but right now we have to let go of that like, and be okay. So there are times when you have to put aside your to-do list or your whatever to to just be mm-hmm. and not just be but not just be with your kids but just just be 
And once you do that, mm-hmm. you're able to better do the next thing. Yeah. And Absolutely. to complete that to-do list. Right. Right? You have to give yourself grace and time and actual fucking physical rest. Yeah. Your body cannot... <laughs> Running on caffeine and adrenaline makes you irritable and exhausted. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But we have this hustle culture, this addiction to productivity, this addiction to getting ahead. And, and we get the dopamine out of that. Right? So that's what makes it addictive is that we think if I do this and I get this done, then I'll feel accomplished, I'll feel good, and I'll get my reward. Do you feel dopamine when you get the laundry done? No, I've never felt dopamine about getting house stuff done. I've never <laughs> I've never felt the effects Where of that. do you get the dopamine I've never been, I uh, work. Productivity at work. I, I get the hit from... Um, definitely external stuff, like being able to get more clients, being able to get referrals, being able, like somebody saying like, how do you get the dopamine as a mom? (laughs) Well, that's, yeah. And that's the thing. It's, that's what, see, here's the thing. That's what I love about motherhood is it doesn't fit into hustle culture. I mean, I think that we've tried to with all the expectations moms have, but when I really think about myself as a mother and the relationship I have with my kids, it's not about productivity. It's not about what I do. It's about my connection with them. And that has nothing to do with doing. When that has everything to do with what you were saying before, being. Yes. Yeah. When my baby crawls into my lap mm-hmm. and tells me, Mama, my love tank is empty. <laughs> oh, she says that? Oh yeah. Oh, my God, that's so cute. Yeah. And she's like, my love tank is I know what she wants. Yeah. And I put my phone down. Yep. And I tickle her. She, her love tank is filled by tickling. Aww. Mine, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're do not, not, a do not, not a big tickle fan. Do not tickle me. You give me lots of smooths and lots of hugs. And that's how. But her love tank is tickles. So when she does that, that's my dopamine hit. Yeah. When she tells me. Or draws me a thing that says, Mama, you're the best. When she remembered my phone number. Aww. Um, And she had, she was at the neighbor's house. And then, and I wasn't home. My husband was home. And she called me to ask if whatever she could stay an extra five minutes, literally at the next door neighbor's house. And I was like, okay, those are the things that give me the dopamine hit as a mom. It is not the fact that I bought her a new bike this week yep. or that she's got her uniform or that her hair is braided or what, right. like that I, that her homework is, is not those things. Right. Right. The meaning is always in the stuff that we actually don't really value as a society, right. like externally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple of the things I have on the sensory overwhelm list is, um, being hit or hurt by a kid, that's really tough. I remember, I don't remember how old the kids were, and I don't remember who was worse. I think it was my son. Hair pulling when they were babies, and they pull your hair, or they take off my glasses. Um, Also being hurt, being pinched, being kicked, being bit. Like, all those things happen during infancy and toddlerhood. Um, Also roughhousing. I think roughhousing can sometimes be overstimulating for us, whether it's between our partners and their ki- and, and our kids or amongst siblings, um, the arguing and the fighting and the screaming. Um, and then there's just even sometimes just their playfulness can be overstimulating. <laughs> like, you know, they could like want to sing and like so throw cute. things or like be artistic by splattering paint all over the walls. Like there's all those things too. So... So, I think also it's important to understand the difference between internal versus external stimulation. So, external stuff coming from the external world. And that's what we tend to focus more on. But really, we have to understand when there's internal stimulation that we actually have a lot more control over, right? When are we obsessing willfully 
and not trying to step out of those obsessive patterns? When are we like ruminating or spiraling and like, okay, so here's, here's an example. Cognitive bias is a really big thing right now because everybody wants to be on a certain side of this divisiveness that we have in our country, right? So people are deciding to feed their cognitive biases by researching, right? So if you feel threatened by somebody else's opinion and then you go on Google and then you immediately like start to read all these studies and you search like all these things that you want to find more information about, you are willfully taking in, taking it apart and overstimulating yourself to a certain degree with information, with trying to prove a point, with trying to obsess about whether or not you're right, with trying to feed your ego. So we can actually overstimulate ourselves internally. And I think we have to recognize when those patterns emerge. Usually they come out of insecurity. Um, sometimes they come out of fear. And I think a lot of it right now mm -hmm. is fear. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But it's really hard to know what is a rational fear. Yeah. And what is warranted oh, fear. Oh, my gosh. And now is like yes. legit uh -huh. the worst time. The, that line is between, the it, thinnest it's, it's ever been in our lifetime. We have to ask ourselves when it comes to all the overstimulation that we're experiencing as moms because of the decisions we're making within this pandemic when information is too much information mm -hmm. and when it's only making us question ourselves even more. You yeah. know, because we don't need that. No, we don't need we that. We question every fucking decision regardless. Right. And here's the thing. There's nobody that will ever be able to tell us what the right decision is in this. Whether or not you should send your kids to school. Whether or not it's okay to try to go to that concert even though you're vaccinated. Whether or not it's like, you know, it's it's it, there is no right or wrong. It's not right or wrong. It's just taking risks and figuring out what what is best for you in any given situation. And even... Even if worst case scenario happens and you do get COVID, trying to trust the fact that it wasn't because you were reckless, that it wasn't because like, you know, it was just because you were being a human making human like, and we, we always like, I always use this example. We get in cars every day and we drive everywhere and that's a risk. It's a risk we take, but because we do it every day, we're comfortable. So I think that I think we're all getting to the place where we have to be comfortable taking the risks that we do and trying not to be reckless, but at the same time, like doing what feels best for us. Right. There's not, it's not a one size fits all. Mm -mm. Everyone. And like, here's the other thing. It's like, I feel like we're in a culture of a lot of judgment. Oh my gosh. Which makes us worry about those decisions. Well, and the reason why there's so much judgment is because when there is fear, people have to hold on to black and white thinking, right? So right now we have two very obvious camps. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing on this planet that is black or white. Nope. Nope. There's nothing without risk. There's, and... no, there's nothing without a gray area. Right. And that's the thing. We just have to accept that there's lots of nuances in this situation, right? And and that there is not a right or a wrong of people just making choices that make that work for themselves. And, and we that's have to okay, be, right? It's okay, and it's okay if we don't agree. And that's and that, I think that's the hard part too, though, is that this is bringing we're getting into a whole different I mean, area here, and we could probably talk about this forever. But, but this this goes into the overstimulation. This goes into the overstimulation. Yeah, because it's sensory. all about decision. Yeah, right. I think relationships are being changed by this pandemic, and I think that people are having to put boundaries in place with people because of this, and that's okay. Like, we need to be empowered. But I think ultimately, if a relationship gets so negatively impacted because of someone's personal choice then that relationship is just not meant to stand strong in this Test time. time yeah. yeah. Right. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that the relationship wasn't strong to begin with. I just think that we need to be more accepting of the fact that relationships come and go. And, and that, morph. 
and morph and are sometimes at the will of what is going on in society at the time. Like, you know, I just, it's, it's hard. It's hard, but I think, I think again, when it comes to coping with the overstimulation, it's about adjusting the expectations we have of ourselves, being able to accept the difficult truths. Um, and then the other part is self-compassion, like being able to be compassionate with ourselves about the fact that we struggle with overstimulation. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with us. And I feel like um, you all might catch this theme throughout season one and into <laughs> season two is that the compassion for our own ass selves mm-hmm. is really where it needs, like, where the crux of the problem is. Yes. We don't, we can empathize with each other and we can stand with each other in solidarity and validate each other's feelings and tell you that no, you shouldn't fucking accept that bullshit from that fucking whatever person or whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. The ability to say that to ourselves right. is, I think, something that is lacking in yes. this culture. Totally. 110%. Because I could tell you all day, absolutely, I agree with you, and absolutely, you should be relaxed, and no, you don't have to do every fucking thing every time someone says something to jump. Mm-hmm. But could I say that to myself? No, if I asked for help, what would that do? What does that mean about me? Right. I had a therapist once tell me, why do you think you have to be better than everyone else just to be enough? Because I do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It is so hard. We hold ourselves to a whole different level. Yes. And, and, And the reality is, and if we could get to a point, if we gave ourselves that grace, if we said, you don't have to clean the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do the laundry today. Mm-hmm. Like, it will be there and you can do it tomorrow. Like, yep. why don't you take a half an hour nap? Yep. That's fine. Yep. But we don't. Yes. No, we don't. We don't. I don't know and if you do, do, please tell me. <laughs> how you got there. How you got there. Yep. Mm-hmm. How you got there. What did you say to yourself to get to that point so that you were okay with chillax, Netflixing and chill? Yeah. Versus cleaning the kitchen, making, making sure the laundry's done. Yeah. Well, I think, too, like, with any type of habit... The more you do it, the more comfortable you become with it. And I think that that goes for us for rest. If we force ourselves to do it over and over and over and over again, we start to realize the world doesn't crumble. Okay, I need you to come over and tie me down and take my phone. Yes, well, okay. So that leads into what I was going to say next, which is what do we do with overstimulation and sensory overload? How do we cope? One of the things is, to acknowledge where we create it for ourselves. Yeah, I just know all and the time. And we do it by being on the fucking phone too much, right? Like, I know, like... TikTok, right? Facebook, email, text message, yes. FaceTime. Right. It's it's more it's more sensory over, overload and overstimulation. Now, there are times where people find solace in it, and I totally get that. I'm not saying to throw the baby out with the bathwater bath and that phones are bad and don't ever be on your phone no i'm not saying that i'm saying the problem is is that it's a slippery slope because these algorithms are created to be addictive and i notice that when my insecurities are up and i'm seeking confirmation bias about a particular issue that i'm on a particular side of all of a sudden all my TikToks become about that. All my Facebook feed becomes about that. Thirst traps. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. And it's so hard because I tried it. Th- after I watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, I, I, got re- I, I started a new Facebook account and I was super intentional about what I was following. 
but then I went down that slippery slope again and now everything's so negative and it's always focused on coronavirus and like same with TikTok and I'm like Ugh. like I just I my all my TikToks when I started were like people dancing and like funny puppies or sweet videos where people got their like colorblind glasses and like <laughs> oh my god I love those I love those videos where they get their glasses and they can see color for the first time I just, I or just, military surprise homecomings oh my gosh like, I, the one, I had one that made me cry today oh but I love saw them. a little I saw a boy they gave him a box of dots and told mm. him to separate them into color and he was colorblind mm. he did not do it Oh no! Even with the enchroma no, glasses, no, he, he didn't have glasses. They oh. just told him to do it, like to show oh, how what it what, what yeah. yeah 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I don't even want to tell you what my TikTok algorithm <laughs> is right now. <laughs> is it negative? No. Oh, okay. Well, good. Well, I'm glad it's not negative. No, nope. I can't say right. that. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then at that point, if it's not over stimulating to you you just have to ask yourself could I get something out of my time better like mm-hmm. could I get something that benefits me longer or sustains my energy longer if I meditate or, or go for a walk versus being on TikTok yes yeah and I've tried to do the thing where um, I can only be on TikTok if I'm doing exercise that's, I think that's fair. That's so, a fair, like, yeah, right, because, right. because TikTok helps you go through time a lot faster. Like, I don't know how, but I don't know about anybody else, but I definitely lose an hour right. <laughs> while I'm on it. Oh, so yeah, why too. don't I walk on the treadmill that's for That's a an, great idea. That's a fantastic idea. And I bought, <laughs> and I, if you've been on TikTok, I'm sure you've seen it, the hula hoop with the thingy on it that goes around and around and around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bought it. So I only I only do it while I'm on TikTok. I love it. So I think that's great. I'm that's that's where I'm pushing myself to like if you're gonna be on TikTok for an hour, you must be doing something else that is beneficial to To you and some to way. you. I like that. I like that a lot. Um All right, the ne- the next thing I have is to stop trying to multitask. Our brains are not actually built to multitask. But why can't I cook dinner and listen to an audiobook and uh, do spelling tests with my daughter. So here's here's why. Because it's frustrating and it makes you angry. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. Because you get really into that podcast and then your daughter asks for help spelling a word and now you're distracted from what the podcast is saying and you get frustrated and then you burn the chicken because you're not because you're helping her on the spelling test. It just like is a domino effect. But on top of on top of that reason, it's also because it's the antithesis of mindfulness. It's the antithesis of presence. We are giving ourselves to multiple things at once and then not being able to be present fully with anything. So that's why multitasking is, is a beast. It's not, there are some times where we have to do it. I understand that, but it should not be our go-to and we should not be always looking to maximize productivity through it. Because that becomes a very slippery slope. And it also is just, again, the antithesis to any type of presence in our daily lives. You can't do two things. Yep. So you're only so you're, you're only doing dinner at 50%, so it's a shit dinner. And you don't want to even eat it. And nobody else wants to eat it either. So then you feel like <laughs> an asshole because you just spend an hour making dinner that nobody fucking wants to eat. Right. Plus, you didn't do a good job with the spelling. Yeah, right. Or your daughter, or your daughter was definitely aware that you were like not really present. Like, oh, it's just this, you know. Like, or yeah, ask Alexa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the other one is that I had was act opposite to how you feel, and what I mean by this is that when sensory overwhelm comes in or overstimulation comes in, we want to have an outburst because it gets filled up and we just want to go. Bleh! right like we we just want to like pour ourselves out and like completely yell we want to yell to stop it we want to like make it stop as soon as we can and usually it's with some type of negative outburst of energy or irritability or snarkiness or sarcasm or whatever and we have to kind of be opposite to that and just try to calm ourselves down first because we cannot be rational 
and figure out a solution to things unless we deeply and get grounded. And that can be something that you model for your creatures. Yes, absolutely. So I read a thing where if you talk lower Mm -hmm. and slower, it slows your mind down Mm -hmm. and it slows their mind down. Yep. And I can just tell you that in the morning when I'm brushed and I'm like, get your shoes, get your coat, get your backpack, let's go. She don't remember that. No, Mm-mm. it's too Mm-mm. much. No, no, no. She can't. She can't remember her shoes, her backpack, and her coat. No, no. And, and we wouldn't either if our boss was like, "Do this, do this, do this." You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, as it. I was writing it, right, right, <laughs> absolutely, right, right. So, so I, so slowing it down and saying, "You need to get your shoes, mm-hmm. and then you get your backpack, and then you get your coat, and then let's go." Mm-hmm. How different would that be? Hurry up, come on. Right. We're going to be late. Right. And legit, I'm not going to lie or hide or pretend. It's every morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I hate morning. <laughs> oh, I know. It's tough. I hate, uh, just as a human, like, I just am not a morning person. So, like, I don't like to get up. <laughs> I don't want likes put, to get up. I don't want to put my clothes on. I don't want to put my face on. I don't want to make food and coffee and all these things. I just I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Which then makes me like I'll snooze and then I lose that nine minutes and then I'll snooze again and I lose another nine minutes. So then we're rushing. Yes. Right. Which just is stupid. Yeah. I should just get up the first when I set my alarm. Right, right, because then it becomes very overstimulating mm-hmm. in terms of like that sense of urgency. Yeah, yeah. And first thing in the fucking morning. Right, right, which isn't a great way to start the day either. Right. Yeah. The other thing I have is, this is one thing I will say. I get on my soapbox about this as a therapist. Something we always will undermine but it is so important is breathing and <laughs> look at your face <laughs> like eh. it's like so much skepticism about breathing i don't know why there's no, always I mean, like this like reaction of like okay yeah fine i'll fucking breathe like but it really it really is because when you slow down your breath intentionally what you are, what your brain is doing is telling the amygdala, your fight or flight center, hey, chill. Take a break. And then your prefrontal cortex, where all your reasoning is, then takes over. Which so is then your logical we, brain takes over. Which is something we tell our kids all the fucking time. Take, yeah. Take but, a breath. Right. But we, we no. No. Nope. Right. Nope. Breathing, when do you do that? Who has time for breathing? <laughs> Who has time for breathing? <laughs> God, it's such a waste of time. Who breathed today? <laughs> I didn't have time to breathe today. Right. Yeah. So never, ever, ever, ever under, underestimate the power of taking some breaths. And I ask my kids to help me because that helps, that, that really helps. Like, if I just tell myself to breathe, it can be more difficult for me to do that because then I just want to immediately move to the next thing. But if I'll go, oh, mommy is feeling so overwhelmed. Can somebody help me take some deep breaths or candle breaths? We call them candle breaths. We blow out the candle. And my daughter will help me. And that helps me not only connect with her and, like, we both come down from whatever our high state of energy is, but then it also triggers me to calm down, you know? So so never, ever, ever underestimate the power of breathing. I think that's huge. The other thing I have is to tap yourself out. Use your partner. Now, my partner Is this often, like wrestling, like WWE? Tap out. My husband is usually the one who will go, hey, 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 why don't you go take a break? Because I'm But I'm like, it. why should I take a break? I'm, no, I'm fine. fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can I'm do fine. this. I'm I can fine. do this. Everything's ten, fine. And right. ten other things I could do all at the same right. time. I don't need you. Stop it. Stop it. It we makes me less. It. it makes me less if I can if I can't do this. Yes. So, which is stupid. 
He listen, will listen to me. <laughs> it's stupid. It's stupid. It's not true. Get yourself out of that situation if you are that overstimulated and overwhelmed. Leave the room if you can. And I know that this is not a solution for everybody. It is not a solution when you have a nine-month-old that keeps pulling your hair. I mean, maybe you, you can put him down in the pack and play. You can let him cry for a couple minutes and go in that other room. If that's what you need to do, there is nothing wrong with that, right? And no one will... Because here's the, here's the what's worse, right? Mm-hmm. What's worse, you putting that screaming asshole <laughs> in a in a crib, in a room, in a pack and play, in a whatever for three and a half minutes, or you losing your shit? Yeah, right. What's worse? Yeah. Absolutely. Would you rather? And you can even do it lovingly. You can say, mommy knows you're really upset right now, but mommy needs a break. I'll be right back. Like, even though that baby's unhappy the entire time you're gone, at least you're doing it lovingly. At least you're setting those boundaries and saying, I need a break because I want to be the best mommy I can be, and right now I cannot. Because you're an asshole. Because <laughs> you're being an asshole, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what asshole means at nine months. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just being babies, right? Like, they don't know any better. And I think, I think that's the other thing here, too, is that to recognize that all these things that kids do – that are that cause a sense of much to be in the moment, like I feel like I feel like just having a random verbal outburst, so I'm just gonna go. Bah! I'm gonna <laughs> dance right now. I'm gonna dance because I just feel like if like if any, I I love that about kids. That's like one of the coolest things that they teach us. Like just go with the flow. Just do whatever your body wants you to do, or just like take take you where the moment wants to take you. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's frustrating when we're trying to focus on other stuff, but it's a good lesson to learn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing I have is even remember that you have your own sensory needs and your own sensory diet, per se. So do what you need to do and get the tools that you need in order to cope. So one of the things, and this is not a sponsored video by any means, Believe me, we're not there. <laughs> we are not there You'll yet. You'll know when we... You'll know when they're... <laughs> because we'll be rolling up in Rolls Royces. <laughs> With all the sponsorship ads. But I did find this um, interesting line of earbuds called Loop. And they're specially designed to decrease noise reduction in the background, but you can still hear people talking and airpods can do that too yeah good yeah airpods have the transparency versus the non-transparent blah blah blah. airpods can do a really good job and not that those are super cheap because they are not Mm -hmm. um but any of those things that reduce right or even if you have just a toddler that's going through a screaming phase and they're screaming just for no reason and just finding their voice and it's just triggering to you put in some earplugs for a little bit there's nothing wrong with that like odds are like they're not going to like if they have a need they're gonna find you and they're gonna you know freak out and you're still gonna meet their needs but it's gonna be a little muffled it's gonna be a little bit more easier to deal with um some other things that sensory is a huge thing for me if i can have just a 10 minute drive in the car with a couple good songs that really ground me, that helps me. Um, for some people, they like the tactile um, calming, so that can look like um, a weighted blanket or some a good, shower. a good shower or being hugged. Sometimes I just ask my husband to just give me a really tight hug, and that helps me. Um, I asked so. for something different from my husband for the tactile, but that's. <laughs> Neither here nor there. That's none your business. (laughs) (laughs) So whatever, like, those sensory needs that you have are, remember that those can be, you know, the sensory overwhelm can actually be calmed by some sensory tools. And for some people, they like those tactile things, and you can even make your own little sensory coping kit, like um, having, like, a stress ball or something. I have um, a really cold, smooth stone that I like to rub that helps me. I like cold things, so anything like I like holding ice and things like that. So having your own kind of like go-to sensory needs I think is really important. Um, I think just allowing yourself to feel the feels 
mm-hmm. acknowledge the feels, and and recover from the feels. Yes, is really I think the crux of our entire podcast. So this is our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> of ourselves and the acceptance of like our needs and the fact that we actually do have needs and not just here like this book says right. to be for everybody else right like except that we have our own feels and our own needs and our own wants mm-hmm. and our own need like uh, all those things like and to accept the discomfort that we feel when we actually prioritize ourselves <sighs> I know but if we accept that discomfort and we learn to live with it, why then, then it becomes mask? more comfortable for us to actually take care of ourselves. Why do you have to put the mask on yourself before you put it on anybody else? Yeah, because you cannot focus on being there for the other people unless you're taken care of. And logically, we all get that. Right? Yeah. Like, logically, that's a thing that we've all learned because of complaint line industry. Thank you, American Airlines. <laughs> Thank but, you, Delta. Is Delta still around? Yes, Okay, is. yes, sorry. Spirit... Spirit. They're not. They wouldn't teach you that. Virgin. <laughs> Southwest. Um, oh, you just made me lose it. The oxygen mask. You got to take care of yourself you first. Ha- yeah. You do. And you and like you have to accept that that is a thing. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You are important, too. You need to be taken care of and double check and repeat also. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think remembering being overstimulated, being sensory overwhelmed is nothing to do with the failing of yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. No, right? there's a lot fucking going on, man. Right. And, and and here's the other thing. Something I think to consider, too, and this is not something wrong with people, but something to consider, is that some people have what's called highly sensitive personality. And... Highly sensitive people are usually believed to have uh, more sensitive nervous systems. Um, So they become a little bit more sensitive to sensory stimuli than uh, the quote-unquote normal person. And it's not a negative thing to be highly sensitive personality. It's not really a mental health diagnosis, but it is something to be aware of. Um, And it comes with strengths, too. It's not a total negative thing. But uh, I think there's tons and tons of... Uh, blogs, uh, books, and articles about it. Um, so if people kind of believe that that might be them, that they might feel that they have higher sensitivities to sensory stimuli than the quote-unquote, again, normal person, um, you could definitely look into that. But I think it's important to like explore those things so that you feel less alone, that there's not something wrong with you. This is just your personality, and this is how you respond to sensory stimuli. You're not alone. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, we had like a Michael Jackson weekend at my house. <laughs> we really did. I'm so I'm not even kidding. So Thriller, my four-year-old loves the Thriller video like she's just obsessed. you know what i had that vhs i saw the making Ugh. of that video like i watched the whole thing from like the making of where they were putting on the costume oh my god incredible from the time that i was tiny until like so we were watching that because we were watching like halloween music and then we then i just decided to do a whole lesson with my son on the evolution of michael jackson oh my goodness and he was trying to moon dance and we did were, you get him a glove no, I did not. Well, no, I didn't get him the glove yet, but maybe I can convince him to do Michael Jackson for Halloween. That'd be fun. Yeah. And then he asked me how he died, and I didn't know how to explain, so I didn't really. He was sick, and he yeah, passed. Yeah, he was sick, and he passed. Yeah. That makes sense. But anyway, yeah, it was it was really awesome. We, we watched a lot of the Billie Jean video. It was, it was very. Squirrel! <laughs> Squirrel! <laughs> Michael Jackson! Um, what were we talking about? Oh, you were not alone. Yes. So I think remembering, accepting where you're at. We are all overstimulated. We are all sensory overwhelmed. There is nothing wrong with you. You are a human being, and that does not mean that you can't accept your children, that you don't love your children. That you're failing. That you're failing as a mother. None of that. Try to find the coping techniques that work for you. Do not shy away from being 
being able to get out of the situation and tapping out to ground yourself in those situations. And don't also kind of reevaluate where you're at. Are you creating overstimulation in your life that you don't need? Are you setting expectations for yourself that you don't need? Right? Unattainable. Yeah, get rid of all that extra stuff. Trim the fat and find what works for you and focus on that and do what you need to do in order to feel grounded and prioritize yourself. You are important. You are important. Yep. This family would not function without (laughs) you. Yes. We can say that confidently about everybody that listens to (laughs) About every mother. Every mother. Absolutely. Go sit down, please. If you have not been sitting down during this podcast, go sit down. Yeah. Stop it. You don't need to do... No, don't do the dishes. Sit down. They'll be there tomorrow. In (laughs) fact, there will be more tomorrow. So just fucking wait until then. (laughs) Do them all tomorrow. It's fine. All right. Well, we all, Mom, the best way we know know how... (laughs) (laughs) i don't even remember how we did the outro we'll have to edit this out we all we all mom the best way we know how so sit down do you have a mom thought you'd like us to talk about on the show email us at momalogpodcast at gmail.com or check us out on facebook or instagram